Hey, it's Celia on WNXP. Delighted to bring you a new record from Real Estate, which is WNXP's record of the week. It's called Daniel. And this band, which originated in New Jersey, is now spread out all over the country. I did get to talk to singer, songwriter, frontman, guitarist, Martin Courtney, when he was home in Brooklyn, just realizing his kids had a half day of school, so he had to make our chat quick. We did settle in though, and talked about this new record, Daniel, which they recorded right here in Nashville with Daniel Tashian as producer. I'll get to my follow-up conversation with Daniel Tashian after this discussion with Martin Courtney of Real Estate on their sixth LP, Daniel. It's so good to talk to you. I'm Celia, based here in Nashville at the NPR Music Station and very excited about this record and also would have wanted to talk about it and highlight it anyway. I'm a longtime fan of your band, but also the fact that you made it here is so relevant. So I kind of want to start there. First of all, very excited to make this our record of the week, Daniel from Real Estate and made here in Nashville. I mean, I got to ask, you've been at this for a long time and I know the band is a little bit more spread out, but you based in New York, you have a million options for where to write, record, collaborate. Why did you decide to make this record? I think you're sixth here in Nashville on Music Row. I, well, there's two answers. What, like there's kind of the boring answer, which is that <laughs> the producer, Daniel Tashian, that we worked with uh, lives in Nashville. And so he kind of suggested it. <laughs> and he was like, why don't you guys come down here? And we thought that sounded really fun because, I mean, the other answer is just like, we've made records in New York and Chicago and LA. And it just seemed like, you know, this was kind of like, well, I don't know, not the last big musical city in the U S to check off the list, but it definitely was one that we were interested in spending some time in. And, you know, obviously we've, we've played shows in Nashville a bunch of times, but we've never actually spent like an extended amount of time there. So yeah, it just seemed like a a nice opportunity to get to do that. Well, and you said spent time, but I guess, the total recording time was was pretty brief, right? You guys had a bit of a blitz here uh, at RCA. Can you talk about yeah the timeline there it, recording? Yeah, I mean, it, that was kind of the goal for me with this record. I mean, I had a lot of, I kind of laid out like a number of goals for this record. I, I Like even before I finished writing it, I had kind of a, an idea of how I wanted it to go and, and which, what kind of even like what, how I wanted it to sound. And one of the things was just, I wanted to, kind of do it the way we've done a few like the the last record we made before this one with real estate we really like took our time and spent like a year in and out of the studio like just really like taking a long time to 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 make it and, and really just like working really hard on it and and kind of agonizing over it and you know other times in the past that we've made records it was more of like you you kind of take all that time on the front end, like, you know, spend a few months or a year writing and rehearsing and getting the songs in good shape and then, and then just record it really quick. And that sounded like kind of what I wanted to do this time. It seemed more fun that way. And like, you know, also just kind of life uh, constriction, like, you know, I've got kids and like, it's it's just, it's harder to get away for longer periods of time. And so if we were going to leave town and spend time in another city to record, I wanted it to be quick, but logistically that was like a nice bonus but also just uh it's a different way of doing it and i i, I wanted to do it to do it that way like kind of mm. you know not give ourselves the opportunity to get bogged down we gave ourselves two weeks and i think we were done in like nine or ten days 
So yeah, it was a mixture of our desire to move quickly. And then also once we got to Nashville and like you said, we were recording in RC Studio A, like in Music Row, like in real like country music Nashville, you know, like making an indie rock record, like most of the bands that come through that studio are like true, like it's like Chris Stapleton. It's like, you know, like real country music, you know, especially the engineers that we were working with, you know, they're used to cutting like three or four songs in a day. So for us to do two in a day, which is what we were doing, felt it felt crazy to us. But to them, it's just like that was almost slow. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was nice. It was kind of like we got swept up in this kind of different way of working. Again, it, it just it, it was exactly what I wanted, you know, like it, it was like I wanted to not think too hard about anything. And just like luckily we were rehearsed enough that we could do it that way. But yeah, it forced us to kind of not over embellish anything. I love that. I love talking to artists that have done it both ways. And then the perspective of, OK, let's do more prep work and then less time in the kitchen so we don't overcook it. Right. Is, is one way. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the last record we made, I think that was the, the goal before this one, before Daniel, the, the main thing, which is the last real estate record was like, it was almost the opposite. Like I wanted it to feel very like brawling and like tons of ideas and almost messy in a way, in a good way. But like, you know, like I wanted it to feel like this big, important record. It was our fifth album. You know, it just to me, it was like, it needs to feel very substantial. And with this album, it was like, I just want to make a good record. It doesn't need to be like a crazy standout. It just needs to be a really solid pop album. And like maybe sneakily, it'll end up being the best album we've ever made because like, we're not going to think too hard about it. That's kind of how I went into it. Like, we're going to just try and make like a really, really breezy and accessible pop record, which is easier said than done, I guess. But I think, I, I don't know. It, we had a good mentality, I guess. I'll say, and I've seen this elsewhere too, but just, I moved here the year you released your first record. This reminds me of the debut record. Like as far as when you say breezy, like the sound, the way it feels listening straight through. And so it sounds trite to say, you know, back to basics, but the way you just talked about setting it up and not wanting to just add and add and add, but just be yourselves. It sounds like that came through and like mission accomplished. I mean, how have you all as a band when it comes to writing and rehearsing and getting them the way you want them, how has that relationship evolved? Is, th is that more efficient because you know each other so well in playing these tunes? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I've had other people say that this record reminds them of our early stuff, which is like, we didn't go out to like do that, you know, like back to basics or whatever, like try and sound like, but I think it's more of like a spiritual thing where like, you know, when we first started making records, I didn't really know how to write songs that well or like I was kind of just learning like these were those were kind of some of the first songs I had written and so like as we progressed as a band it became my goal to try and one-up myself and become a better songwriter and in each record I think the songs became progressively like oh like I learned what a bridge was <laughs> or like I started adding like you know more parts and like trying to be more inventive with the melodies and the chord progressions and like try to like not repeat anything that we had done before i just feel like the records became kind of increasingly complex and yeah this record was us being like let's try and make something simple but it was like for me as a songwriter like having spent all these years learning 
or at least like trying to get better at writing songs and then going back to trying to write in a simple way felt like that was the right step forward rather than trying to go more complex like to kind of like become better at songwriting it's like let's figure out how to write a simple song again and yeah as like a band because we all live in different cities we've had to figure out different ways of working out the material and over the last few years it's kind of become a thing where like you know I'll spend a few months writing and then we'll get together once I've got like a batch of songs and maybe some some other people in the band have some songs and we'll kind of get together and start working on them usually where I live in New York because I'm just like you guys are gonna come to me we have a studio here and we'll spend a week or two rehearsing and that's how we've done it but like at least the last two records we made I was starting to because we were kind of coalescing more as a band and like we'd been we kind of had a steady lineup and we'd been touring a lot like it became fun to me the idea of like I'm gonna write less like I'm not gonna in in terms of the demos and, and like for me actually like writing the song I like to you know demo the song while I'm writing it Earlier on, I would make these more fleshed out demos with bass parts and and lead guitar parts and like, you know, maybe even like have some semblance of what the drums were going to sound like. Either I'd be playing drums or I'd program some beats on my computer or something just for like a, a kick snare pattern, just like keys. Like I really had it all arranged out. And then the last few records, I was like, I'm going to just do just vocals and guitar and we're going to arrange these songs as a group. And I liked it that way and it led to results that sometimes pretty far away from what I initially had in mind for the song, which was both exciting and also like could be really like frustrating for me, you know, like just being like, oh, like this is not what I wanted this song to sound like. But like, you know, I trust my bandmates and they're all great musicians. And so it's like, I know it's good. It's just different. And with this record, again, I think I wanted to go back to maybe being a little more of a control freak in terms of the the arrangements. And like, just because I thought if we're going to make something that's really direct and straightforward, it somehow makes sense in my mind that it should have fewer brains contributing to it. Like I have an idea of what I want and I'm going to just do it and we're going to try it this way. And like, I kind of, I like asked the band, I'm like, are you guys cool if I just like take a heavier hand in the arrangements this time? And there was still obviously like a lot of back and forth when we were, in the rehearsal mode. And then obviously even in the studio, a lot of things changed. Daniel Tashian had some great ideas. And so it wasn't, it's not like it's like my complete brainchild. I had more, more of an idea of what the direction was going to be. And even if it was like, here's the baseline that I wrote, here's like a lead guitar part that I wrote, just check it out, uh, do whatever you want. You can change it. But it, secretly in my mind, I'm like, I've planted the seed, you know, like you've, <laughs> you've already, like, there's no going back. You've already heard what I came up with. So like, I guess selfishly, like it was kind of that's how I wanted to do it this time. Well, can you think of an example of a track on this record that it sounds almost identical to the demo or what you envisioned even once fleshed out full band in RCA? Yeah, the first single Water Underground is very, very close to the demo. There were like a few things like backup vocals that we added. That was Daniel's idea, actually. A couple little keyboard embellishments, but like really the lead guitar, the bass, like even the drum pattern, that's all there in the demo. So, I mean, that's one example.
then, you know, there's other songs where like, there's a song called Freeze Brain, for example, where I recorded it as like a super fast, almost like My Bloody Valentine style, like rock song, shoegaze, like kind of fast My Bloody Valentine. And uh, just because I that sounded fun to try and do in my house, like when I was demoing it. And then as a band, we learned it that way and we were about to record it that way in the studio. And then Sammy, our drummer, was like, just getting sounds on her kit and like started playing this more like groovy drum part. And we started playing the song along to it, just like messing around before we ostensibly recorded it the way we went in to record it. And then we were slowly, we were like, this sounds awesome. Like we should record it this way, you know, and then we'll record it the other way, but let's get it this way too. And then we just like did it that way. And then because we were moving so fast, we kind of just like forgot to do it the original way, which I'm glad for because yeah, the version that ended up on the record is super cool and weird and surprising. It's like, it's, it's a standout to me in Same. a way. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's like you want that, you know, you want someone else to kind of direct the boat a little bit or whatever, so to speak. I like that you kept the groover. And I mean, you all have, yeah. but a lot of times, I think your tour is called Infinite Jangle. And I would often describe you as that. Like, it's just, it's pleasing to the ear. It can sound like some earlier, you know, 90s and early aughts, like jangle pop, indie rock. And I know that's intentional, but you also can explore a little bit. And I know there's like a little elements of psychedelia. And like, I, I think that the real estate sound that can feel very consistent is overall positive feeling. Like it feels airy and breezy. And yet... Martin, you got lyrics like things don't feel right bathed in sunlight. You sing in so sweetly, mm -hmm. but then there's some darkness here. And I wondered thematically some of the inspirations of these songs, the place you were in writing these songs, even though you applied the real estate musical sound to it. So it feels good to listen to straightforwardly. I mean, you know, the last record we made was it came out February of 2020. And then, you know, obviously immediately uh everything shut down and so we had to cancel the tour and that was a very weird confusing time and upsetting and uh for everyone obviously but like what partially what was upsetting for me was like all of a sudden the rug was pulled out from under me and like I couldn't help but kind of question I was already having all these I mean that whole record is about like I'm a musician like what how did this happen like you know all of a sudden I've got three kids and I'm in my whatever mid 30s or something and uh I just kind of fell into this job of like being a musician. This is really what I want. Having some sort of existential crisis and then this happened, you know, then like COVID happens and then it's like, I can't tour. I can't really make money. Like, who am I? You know, like I dealt with that by just <laughs> like making more music, I guess. Like I was like, I'm just going to write. I need to write. If we can't tour this year, we'll make another record right away. And I started writing songs immediately wrote an album in like a few months and but then was still kind of like there's no point in doing this with real estate because because we're, we're still not going to be able to tour and we can't even really get together like this was like november october of 2020 like we couldn't really even 
be in the same room together. Like there was no vaccine yet, all these things. So I was like, I'm just going to make a solo. I'm going to take these songs and make a solo record because I can't just sit on them. Like I need to keep moving. So I made a solo record that was like really freeing in a way like that, that kind of contributed to this new direction in songwriting, like wanting to write pop songs and like doing it, like kind of not overthinking things. Cause I just, I was like, the, the stakes were so low for me making a solo record. I really didn't, it's not that I didn't care, but I was less precious about it. And that really came through to this record where I was like, I'm going to be a little more deliberate in the songwriting, but also like apply this sort of less precious attitude but but yeah I guess mentally I was still kind of dealing with all these I mean I still am you know like dealing with just being confused and feeling like on a personal level feeling confused and then also just this overarching feeling of like things kind of look the same but like nothing feels the same you know things feel different and kind of weird and bad sometimes um so yeah I guess just maybe not being in the best head space for writing pop songs which I think is kind of cool though because then there's this dichotomy between the, the music and the lyrics. Yeah, I mean, that song in particular, like you were, I think, Market, referencing Market, Market Street. Street. Yeah. yeah, like that's like very straightforwardly about like those first few days, like first few weeks, like going out in public when people weren't really wearing masks anymore and things felt like they were opening up and being like, this should feel good, but I still, this feels bad and I'm, I have a lot of anxiety right now about all of this. I mean, that song is in a way trying to embrace positivity, trying to feel positive, you know, like despite everything. And, you know, there's another line that's like, let these people get the best of me, which I like that line because it sounds it sounds negative, like let someone get the best of you. But I, I kind of meant it more like let them get the best of me, like my best qualities, like I, I want to like be positive. That's how I meant it. Like I said, I, I do like the idea that like someone could listen to this record and, and hear just like a breezy kind of welcoming pop record, but then there's maybe a little more to it if you actually listen, which has always been the goal with this band is something that feels instantly accessible, but hopefully has, you know, can bear repeated listens and has some subtleties to it. Indeed. And when it comes to fan engagement and uh, even promoting this record, you are keeping it light and fun. I mean, all of this Daniel specific imagery, which I can ask you where that came from, but also the lead single with the Pete and Pete video. I mean, just so joyful to be able to do that and reconnect with other Jersey boys. Like, was that part of the rollout here was like, let's just like reintroduce this sound and this music and this new music as um, as fun and as carefree as we can, despite dark themes with everything on this record it, it kind of just came together so naturally and easily like we were really ha we had so much fun making it and we were just having fun like coming up with ideas we've been, you know with for everything for like everything you just mentioned like it's just been all about like what feels good and we had had that idea to make a pete and pete video for years you know it was like a dream that we had always you know alex and i the bass player 
kind of the the other original member of the band we'd always talked about doing it and we kind of knew Danny Tamborelli a little bit um little Pete like <laughs> Alex a little more so like he had his number basically like we'd met him a few times and we I was just like just text him <laughs> just see if he'd do it like let's and so he did and Danny was like I've been asked so many times by so many different bands to do this and I've always said no because like whatever like I wasn't in the right place in my life but like you guys are different you're from jersey we're bros like let's do it like <laughs> um and you know so that was amazing i definitely was like i want to make sure that it's like if we're gonna do it we need to do it right let's try and get like the creators of the show on board we need to get mike morona big pete and so we did you know danny really like spearheaded the whole thing and was like he really like shepherded the, the whole like he he made it happen and he he hit up the creators and they were into it and they actually ended up writing the treatment for the video and like we're very involved in it so yeah it was definitely a, a dream come true it's funny like doing interviews with people in europe and stuff like other they don't parts get of the it. world like they, they don't really understand they're like yeah it's a fun video it's very cute like whatever like but they, they've never seen the show it was totally a dream come true yeah well and you and i are the same age so it's like no that's important like that's an important yeah. show you know oh my god yeah it was it's exactly and i couldn't believe that it was happening it was huge well martin yeah. Courtney, thank you so much for chatting about this new real estate record can't wait to see you guys back here in nashville and you know if you just want to record every future record in nashville whether it's nine days or months and you want to set up a little yeah <laughs> little, little outpost here in Nashville. We'd love to have you. <laughs> hey, honestly, we, we just might because I really, really enjoyed making this record there. So uh, and I, I've already thought like, huh, I would do that again for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Get on down. We here. just may. And yeah, we'll see you in a few months. What is it that you want to hear? What can I say to you? You know, I'd like to disappear. It's not an easy thing to do. We are all darkness and all light. We are all fire and rust. That was my discussion with Martin Courtney of Real Estate. And let's pivot to Daniel Tashian, who encouraged Real Estate to come to Nashville to record Daniel, their sixth LP in our record of the week. Daniel Tashian is a Grammy award-winning producer and co-writer for artists as diverse and as fantastic as Casey Musgraves, Burt Bacharach, Demi Lovato, and former Nashville Artists of the Month, Briston Maroney and Steven Sanchez. Daniel and I connected by Zoom to talk about the new real estate record he worked on. Spoiler alert, he was astoundingly modest, but of course complimentary of the band, Daniel Tashin, it is nice to meet a fellow Nashvilleian and music professional here in town. We are making Real Estate's Daniel our record of the week, and you worked with these guys here on Music Row, and uh, they had a lot of nice things to say. I talked to Martin Courtney first, but I'll talk to you and ask about your experience working with the rock band Real Estate to bring Daniel to fruition. Also, let me ask first, is it your record because it's called Daniel? I mean, is that is it a, a nod to you? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, Martin came and asked me, he was like, is it okay if I name the album Daniel? And I was like, it's fine with me. It's just kind of, I don't know why you would, you would want to do that, but you can do what you want. And, you know, I was like, I have a couple um, names I might want to run by you, like um, real estate selling Nashville. You know, I thought that would be like kind of catchy, you know, or like, um, uh, real estate of shock that was another one of mine yeah it was really i was like that's that's but you want to name it daniel go ahead that's kind of silly but 
Um, but that's what they wanted to do. I mean, I think it's as as good a name as anything else, I guess. But true, and they've really embraced it actually, and they've done all sorts of silly stuff around it, like a Daniel's only show in New York and uh, the Dan Club. And I feel like they really leaned in. So kudos to you for being the inspiration of this whole thing through the rollout. <laughs> I didn't even have to try. It was just. Well, tell me about working with them. And maybe because of your pedigree, you love all sorts of music. And I know that because you listen to the station, because you're always putting out great, interesting music and also covering music. It shows your diversity and taste. But primarily, you've worked with a lot of folks here in the country music capital of the world that sound a little different than real estate. So why were you drawn to this particular project? You know, it's just good songwriting. I mean, I try to just kind of look at everything like I'm a kid, you know, like I try to just kind of think like, how do I feel about this if I'm a kid? And I, I'm still very like close to the four or five year old that's inside of me. I'm very immature. I have to apologize to people around me all the time. And that's what I always say is I'm just, I'm, I'm not very mature. I'm sorry. You know, if I, if I say something rude or, um, or anything like that, but no, it's just great songwriting. And Martin and I spoke on the phone a couple of times and we just kind of had some nice chemistry. So I, I sensed in Martin, a similar kind of methodology in terms of how you would go about putting a song together. Um, and, and in fact, that song Water Underground, he kind of talks a little bit about like accessing the subconscious and kind of what a what a large role the subconscious plays in the process of songwriting. And, and that's the way I feel like it, it should be done. I feel like it should be done. If it's done properly, the subconscious is a major player in the process. And I don't know why that is. I think because it it's the part of the brain that works beyond language. It's just kind of a very uh, primal part of the part of the mind. And, and, and so um, I could sense that he was sort of not really sure about what these things were that he was making or writing, you know, he would share me voice memos and little things. And he was kind of like, I don't know what this is going to be yet, but this is what's happening. And I was like, I like the way he is approaching this. It seems sort of like how I would do it. <laughs> found sort of a kinship as a creative and as a songwriter even before you know production expertise applied you're saying just the way he thinks about songwriting it spoke to I you. I think so yeah and he has even classes about songwriting that you can sign up for online which is kind of hilarious because I mean I would sign up for one I mean he's obviously knows what's up but um, I think it, it really is uh, about I mean and that's why AI is is so hard for AI to do anything really interesting is because it doesn't have a subconscious. Oh man, we could have such a long podcast me and you just talking about that. You know, Martin Courtney of Real Estate talked about sort of coming back to basics on this record. Actually, he said that's not what it was intentionally, but he did intend to harness the art of a simple song and he's done so much work learning how to be a more layered and complex songwriter. He said it was intentional to scale back. And that is the real estate sound that they burst through with, you know, some 15 years ago. And I told him, Daniel really reminds me of that debut record. And he said, that's not the first time he's heard that. So when he came to you with this batch of songs, he admitted to me, he was sort of a control freak about not embellishing too much on them. What was your experience working with somebody that did have that vision that was pretty direct? Where could you push in? Where could you not? And, and you know, listening to this thing in full now, can you hear your fingerprints on it or do you feel like it's what you inherited with the demos that he brought in? 
I mean, I think you have to take everything, every song, every piece on a case by case basis. And you have to just kind of look and think like, what is it asking for? What is it not asking for? And, you know, I mean, to be honest, I mean, the band, they're so they're such good players and they're used to playing together and they're so sort of intuitive with each other in the way that they work together that it's not the hardest job uh, in the world to kind of. You know, I mean, it's way harder to kind of get three girls sort of dressed and fed the different things they want to eat for breakfast and get them out the door to school than it is to like make a record with some people who really, you know, they really know what they're doing. I mean, there's a couple places where I don't know, maybe I just would say, uh, let's try to I'm always trying to make things shorter. I don't know. I just I really try to, you know, respect people's time. I, I just assume that everybody's got their hand poised over the radio and they're just about to turn the station. So I've got to just kind of keep them from doing that. <laughs> uh, you and me both, dude. That's, that is our vision, too. Don't so, turn that dial. I mean, there might have been a couple places where I was like, let's see if we can, you know, kind of make it a little bit shorter and he he he's on board with that he never fought me on anything like that and there you know i mainly was just kind of like go team you know just because it was it was really fun to just sit in there and listen to them play and i mean i'm not trying to like under under dramatize or or make it seem like there wasn't any um you know friction i think i think that they all kind of know what they're doing they know who they are let's put it that way you know and it's when you get with people who don't really know who they are and there's this like interior struggle going on within them that's when it's really challenging but like with a with a band like real estate like they're you know i think their challenges are they all live in different places and they're and they've got to re kind of reconnect and remember that sort of chemistry that they have with each other when they are sort of suddenly they're in the studio <laughs> you know and it's like so there's a little bit of a, of a time where you're kind of like okay yeah like that's that's what you do and i'm gonna go over here and um, but it was just, it's a dream I, I i wish that um i could have more experiences like working with them I hope you can. I feel like they're going to spread the good word. Martin already said he would love to return to Nashville to record again because he really enjoyed the experience. But he also did say he spoke to the efficiency of working in a place, not just with you, but maybe the engineers and stuff, too, that are used to working in country music and like churning out the hits in a given day in the studio. And he said they actually finished the record sooner than they thought they what, booked two weeks and it was maybe nine or 10 days. And he said that was thrilling because that is how they wanted to work. They didn't want to overthink it, over embellish. So it did actually fit the vision Martin had for how the songs would turn out. Like you said, it wasn't that it was not meaningful or not dramatic. It still was a recording process for them. I mean, how does that compare to you with some of the other artists you've worked with? You don't have to name names, but maybe your normal run of show uh, in terms of maximizing that time you have with an artist to get the songs just right. Well, I'll, I'll zoom out just a little bit. I was reading um, a Wikipedia, in, like you kind of go down those Wikipedia rabbit holes from time to time. And one that I came upon was Buckethead, the uh, the guitarist, the metal guitarist who was uh, one at one point in Guns N' Roses. And I was reading his Wikipedia and uh, it was so funny. It, it said it, some, at, at one point it wrote in there uh, in 2017, Buckethead's output increased dramatically when he released over 191 albums with um, an average of one every other day, an album every other day or something like that. And, and after I read that, like something changed in my mind. Like I thought like there is this, there is a version of all of us that exists where we can actually be like quite prolific uh, in what we do. And we don't have to like, you know, kind of labor over everything um, or, or, or sort of scratch our 
you know, chins about everything as much as, as we tend to do. And, and so I would say that that's right in line with like kind of how I'm feeling. Like I actually made this pact with a friend of mine that we were going to release four releases in 2024, one, one each quarter, because, um, just to kind of, you know, remember that like, it doesn't, we don't have to, um, clamp down on it. It's sort of like a river that's kind of creativity is kind of this river that's going. And so I think Martin's sort of right, right in there. As far as other people that I've worked with, I mean, the spectrum is wide in terms of how, how intensely people kind of, um, want to kind of guide the river and how much they want to kind of let it just sort of be what it is. And, and, um, it's a sliding scale. And, and I think that I just personally, I really like to work quickly <clears throat> because um, I just, I don't like to chase my tail a lot. And, and I just kind of, I don't know. Well, it's funny. You spoke to, you called yourself immature, but I've read other folks say that you're just such a joy to work with. So it's like, you can maybe not be such a, um, a hard ass in pushing that time frame if people enjoy your company. That's just a side note compliment. I mean, I think it was Briston Roney, who's our former National Artist of the Month, said how joyful it was to work with you. Maybe called you a goofball. You've also worked with young artist Stephen Sanchez, who we've highlighted on this station, and then real established, you know, acts, like several albums into their career. So I find it interesting, the analogy there of uh, people don't know maybe who they are, and it takes more to pull it out of them. And that way you're like a producer slash spirit guide, like a shaman or a river rafting guy, like you just said, if they don't know where they want to go with something, you might have to have a heavier hand with how it comes together. I think that's fascinating. Maybe we should do a whole series on the art of the producer. Most people don't need me, you know, to do what they do. I mean, I mean, some people do. I think some people's thoughts, it's like, I remember who's the eat, pray, love uh, woman who wrote that. Um, she has a wonderful Ted Liz talk. Liz Gilbert. Liz Gilbert's Ted talk. She talks about a poet who, I don't know which which poet it been. It may have been Mary Oliver, but she sort of feels like she's getting the poem in reverse. And I feel like that's true as songwriters. Some of some people like ideas sort of come to them and they catch it in reverse. And it's like the sections are all out of order to me. And so it's like, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I'll get sections. And so sometimes they just need to be, wait, let's put this section over here. Um, I like that too. The rearranger. That's a nice reveal that you said you're trying to release something of your own work once a quarter this year and that's amid all these uh, great albums that are being released that you had your hand on right this Casey Musgraves coming out what are you working on right now that's exciting for you you intend well, to make sure to release and not obsess over so that it comes out <laughs> I did a record in three days with my with my daughters uh my twin I have twin daughters and and we set up a microphone in the living room there's a little like kind of piano in there and we kind of ukuleles and we made an album in like three days uh, over the Christmas break. And so that's getting mixed right now. That's going to be my first one. And then for the second one, I, I still don't know yet. I'm kind of playing around with a four track. I got, I got really into the music of Ariel Pink over the last few um, months and was kind of listening to some of his four track things. And um, not that I'm that level of, um, I don't know, that guy's crazy, but, but just, I think he really is okay to just kind of release a lot of stuff, you know, and just kind of like let the creativity flow for all of his knuckleheadedness in so many different ways. Like he's allowing uh, music to happen through him and he doesn't really clamp down on it and try to control it. And that, those are my, you know, North stars in, in, in that sense. Um, mm, so we'll see, well, I know the first one's going to be the one with the girl. So we'll see where the second one goes. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. And that's that's a that's a co-write. That's a collaborative process with all three of you, huh? Over break. 
every Christmas. Well, yeah. And I mean, the way it works is I kind of go like some days are cloudy. Some days are gray. What else, Tilly? Some days are rainy. Some days won't stay. And she'll just come up with a great line, you know, and it's like, OK, that's perfect. So I just set it up like a, a Mad Lib or whatever those things are called, where it's like a blank. And and I've got a little bit of a melody and then I just let them fill in the blanks on the words and they come up with amazing stuff. I mean, they're they're there's kids will will dust you at art and and writing because they're just they're not they're not trying to be cool they're they're just trying to be funny or i don't know they're just they're brilliant without filter without society telling them filter yeah you're doing it wrong that's right Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh i can't wait for this this full length i'm sure they have future music making in them with you as dad and living in such a creative house with the radio on too which we maybe i got one daughter that um she's 12 and she I said, okay, we're ready to make another record. She was like, I'm out. I was like, you can't have dinner if you're out of the band. And she was like, <laughs> I'll get, I'll, I'll get dinner somewhere else. But uh, then I realized, you know, I, I'm not trying to make anybody do anything. You know, it's like, I, I mean, the twins are into it. They're, they're excited about it, so they can, they can do it. Looping back around to the real estate record, Daniel, possibly named after you. We love it. Uh, is there a, a, a specific memory from recording with those guys that you might remember when you hear the songs now on the record? Uh, maybe a, a special day or par- a part of a session that sticks with you the most that you can point to that song on the record? I just remember thinking, you know, this kind of sounds a little bit like Dead Let something off a of Dead Letter Office by REM. Remember that record? Mm-hmm. Kind of a weird record. Like I feel like they didn't really make like a big deal out. I don't know if it had like any singles on it or anything, but like they covered like Pylon songs and like there was an Aerosmith song on there. They were like doing a bunch of covers, like a who's the guy who did King of the Road, Roger Miller. They had a Roger Miller song on there, and they they were all doing it in their very in their very free kind of REM type of way. And I remember listening to the combination of the acoustic and the way that um, the way the electric guitar was interacting with the acoustic thing, that's very Peter Buckish, you know, it's playing very unselfconsciously just kind of. And so I thought this sounds like dead letter office. So I started doing like um, jumping jacks in the window. There's these big windows. And I was just like, I wonder what they'll do if I get out in the window and start doing jumping jacks. And then I was doing like the clock face where you like kind of go with your hands around like it's, I don't know. I was trying a few dance moves out and I was trying to do some David Byrne stuff like dabs. And I was trying to see, honestly, if I could make Martin laugh, but he didn't laugh. They just kind of got like amped up by it. And so I I think that's a pretty that's a pretty strong memory. Um, I also remember sleeping a lot, but also like kind of whenever I sleep, I like to nap a lot. Like I'm sort of like Charlie Chaplin. Like I like to nap all the time. Like I'll just take a 15 minute nap all the time, all day long. I nap. And but I like to mess with people because like they think I'm asleep, but then I'll just open my eyes and go, that's not the right note for that background vocal. <laughs> they think you're inattentive and you're like, I'm always listening. Yeah. So 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 they don't really know when I'm when I'm asleep or not. I did the same thing with 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 Briston. He'd be like, wow, dude, I thought you were asleep. <laughs> that's a nice magic trick. That sounds so much fun. I mean, I have no business uh, in a room where a band's recording. I don't have a band, but I would love to sit in on a session with you sometime and watch you do your David Byrne moves and uh, inspire the band to, to do their best work. <laughs> Probably out of like, you know, I'm like, they're paying me really well. I got to do something. I better dance. 
<laughs> dance monkey dance. They've already got these songs. They already know how to play them all together. They sound great. What do I, what am I supposed to do? We got these engineers here. I guess I'll just do jumping jacks. <laughs> you know, make yourself useful. Daniel, thank you so much for sharing some insights about this record. Like I said, I would love to talk to you about anything you have your hands in because it's cool to to have you right here in Nashville and working with all these artists that we love. And like I said, the band spoke really highly of working with you and being here. So I'm always trying to pull cool people from the coasts to Nashville. Keyword cool. And I feel like the real estate band uh, is included in that group. So thanks for getting them here and encouraging them to record here. And Real Estate's Daniel is our record of the week here on WNXP. So thanks for extra insight about it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Feel like I'm going blind. That was Daniel Tashian, producer of the new record from Real Estate called Daniel. Possibly a nod to him. Daniel is out now on Domino Records, and Real Estate will play The Basement East in Nashville on May 23rd.